Josh, how are you doing this week? Hanging doing good. I, I got in the most productive mood this afternoon, um, probably because I drank some afternoon super strong coffee. And immediately yeah. after work, I went right to the library, which is kind of weird, but I just needed a quiet space that wasn't my house. Uh, mm. And I worked for like two hours and it was great. I got so much done. It's almost like the extra distraction aids in a way that, uh, yeah, I get I get when I'm sitting at home at my desk, nobody else around, complete silence. That's actually a huge distraction for me, that absence of atmosphere. And uh, yeah, so occasionally you got to recognize that that's doing nothing for your productivity. You got to go where some people are. And one person, I can't remember who said it. It was in an article or an interview uh, on a podcast recently I listened to, uh, somebody suggested the idea of that you can actually be more productive when you're away from your private desk. If you're out in public at a cafe or a library or wherever, uh, and the, the oh-so-scientific reason this person gave was uh, because when you're not at your desk, especially if you work from home, when you're not at desk and you're out in public, you're less likely to masturbate. <laughs> and he backed that up by saying, I don't mean actually masturbate. I mean, in the sense that you will distract yourself if you have complete privacy. So that could be as simply, it could be as crudely as you can take it. But it's as simple as going on a YouTube spree or checking your Facebook feed over and over and over again or checking your mail. Just mental uh, masturbation. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's what he meant. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for making me go there. Anywho, this is probably the longest intro we've ever had, so we should probably <laughs> acknowledge the listen listeners at uh, this point. Hey, guys, welcome on back to the Command Edit Podcast. I'm feeling better today, by the way. So that's good. That's good. So we meant to record this episode a couple days ago, so this was supposed to be last week's episode by the time you hear this. But unfortunately, I came down with a cold. Normally, a cold means you sound sexy and awesome, so that's primetime podcasting you know, uh, uh, time. But uh, yeah, not in this case. It, I sounded all, kind of, uh, all kinds of disgusting, so uh, uh, we had to postpone. Luckily, we had an extra episode waiting in the wings, so there's that. Uh, yeah. so. But now, now we're, we're going without a parachute. This is it. Yeah, usually we have a good solid bank of a couple of episodes, but now we're out, so we got to catch up a little bit. Uh, although I like releasing more relevant content, so I, I don't, well, it's nice to have a bank of episodes. It's great when you are recording something and you know it's going to go out right away. So yeah. uh, there's that. This one will be hot and fresh out of the oven for you guys. Uh, so this episode, we're going to be talking about Fury Road. My name is Max. My world is fire and blood. Why are you hurting these people? It's the oil, stupid. Oil wars. We are killing for gasoline. The world is actually running out of water. There's the water wars. Water wars. Once, I was a cop, a road warrior searching for a righteous cause. To the terminal freakout point. Mankind has gone rogue, terrorizing itself. Thermal nuclear skirmish. The Earth is south. Our bones are poisoned. We have become half-life. As the world fell, each of us in our own way was broken. It was hard to know who was more crazy. Me. Or everyone else. Ooh, there's that sexy gold voice. Yes. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road, which at one point, I think the entire internet came together in unison and agreed on one solid thing. That Mad Max Fury Road was the perfect movie. <laughs> uh, it, now, was, it was... <laughs> I'm not going perfect. I'm, fine. All right, so are you giving it a 10 out of 10? No, that was... When it came out, uh, and granted, I did not see this in theater, did you? Uh, no, no. Uh, okay. we'll, I guess we'll talk about our viewing experience in, in a minute. Yeah, in this episode, we want to talk more about the technical aspects and specifically, hey, the editing 
of uh, of the film and we'll touch a little bit on how we personally felt about it you know it, it's not going to be a review of the movie or as a whole it'll be focused on the technical aspects of it but we'll get let's let's get the first part of the way how did we actually feel about the movie now i i never watched any promotional material for this because as you know i'm going through this stint of life of not looking at trailers uh so i'm completely fresh when i when i go to see a movie in the theater or on my tv um and I failed to see uh, this I, in the theater. So, uh, so uh, I'm the same way with, you know, the no spoiler, whatever. But I was at the movies. I forget what it was. And there was a preview for this movie. It was it was like the very first preview of it. And it was maybe 30 seconds or a minute. Um, so I did catch it. And it actually did get me really fired up to see it. However, I didn't make it in theaters. Instead, I watched it. The other day on my laptop with headphones plugged in on a train headed up to New York with sunlight beaming down from the window onto my laptop. Now, the fact that you you were, you were at least immersed in it and you had the headphones on and you were on a train, which might have simulated the whole experience. Does that even add to it at all? Uh, I, I guess it did. Um, I will say watching an R-rated movie in public makes me uneasy yeah yeah although there's not too much it, actually it wasn't it wasn't too bad so i even like looked it up i yeah. was like is this pg-13 is this r uh and it was r and it had its points but it wasn't overly gory either no. like 300 non-realistic or more um you know realistic type gore it was hardly gratuitous which is usually how you you know see an r-rated movie nowadays uh, now that I think about it, I'm kind of surprised that it was R-rated because as far as R-rated movies go, it wasn't that bad. So, uh, yeah, I got to watch this at least at home, you know, privacy, no other people kind of looking at me over the shoulder, you know, as I sit on the train. But uh, I did miss seeing it in the theater and uh, did get some comments from people saying, oh, if you don't see the, th you know, this is a movie theater movie. If you don't see it in the theater, then it's no good. But uh, yeah, I got. I, I think I still got a good thrill out of it. So, if you, I'm gonna assume everyone out there at least knows what Mad Max Fury Road is, what it's about. So we're not even gonna go. We're not. We're not gonna treat you like idiots, listeners. We're gonna assume that you have the basic understanding of what Fury Road is. And by the way, if you're listening to this, there will be spoilers. So if you don't want us to spoil the movie, turn this off. Go watch the movie, then come back. Um, and I, I, I really implore you to watch the movie first i hate spoilers so so nick uh are you a mad max fan have you seen the other ones i have seen the very first mad max movie which was called mad max i believe yes and not two or three that is a big sin for me by the way wow and i just didn't have enough time i didn't expect this this episode to come up so quickly and we just kind of decided last week hey let's let's do mad max and it's a huge sin for me to not do things in order. So okay. so okay, well, I mean, you don't really need to see the other ones. Um, so I I saw the first one so long ago, like I, I literally have zero memory of it except for the very end. Um, Mad Max Two, better known as the Road Warrior, uh, that's one of my favorite movies. It's so good, and honestly, that. Uh, I was drawing off that movie a lot for Fury Road. So all my expectations and everything were coming off of that Mad Max character and that Mad Max movie. Um, the third one, the the Thunderdome. Thunderdome. Yeah, um, I've seen it a handful of times. Honestly, it's been so long. Um, I don't remember much of it. Uh, so everything for me was basically based on The Road Warrior. Which, Nick, shame on you. You need to see it. I know. And I've, I feel dirty and I feel bad that, that, that I have done. I've committed that sin of mine that I have watched things out of order. And I did hear from people that said, you don't, if Fury Road stands on its own, you don't need to see the previous movies. I, my, my inner me, my, inner, my cinephile self doesn't care. It's about doing things in order. Uh, no yep. matter what, uh, you know, people may say, oh, you can skip that or not watch this. Nope. Have to do it in order. That's how it was intended. Uh, so, yep, yeah, I will not sleep well for that. So, thank you, Josh. 
very much. <laughs> but I, that that being um, that being said, uh, you know, Mad Max is very much a secondary, if not tertiary, character in this. Uh, he's he's hardly regarded by fans by by audiences as the main character. Uh, you know, Furiosa is arguably the, the the main character of the story, and Mad Max is kind of just there to witness it. Right. Right. Um, yeah, it, it, it's them two and um, the, the, the henchman guy. Did you, did you ever catch his name? Who, the, 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 the little guy or the, the, the main villain? Uh, the one who kind of teams up with with uh, Furioso in the group. Oh, uh, it, shoot. The, the traitor. Yeah, it's a three-letter word. Like It's like pox or pucks or something like that. Uh Oh, God. All I know is he, say, he, he plays Beast in the new X-Men movies. <laughs> oh, does he? Yeah, Nic- Nicholas Holt. That. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, um, yeah, so the story revolves around those three, I would say. Nux. The most. That's his name. What was it? Nux. We take my blood back. We take my blood back and strap into the Lancer's Purge. It's got a muzzle on it. It's a raging feral. That's right. High octane crazy blood filling me up. <laughs> I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die historic on the Fury Road. So for me, uh, my big thing going in from watching the Road Warrior was like, oh, there's gonna be absolutely zero dialogue. So somebody who's actually seen the Road Warrior knows that they hardly speak in the entire movie. Uh, it's just constant action, action, action. And when I turned on Fury Road, we go 30 minutes and they barely speak a word. And then all of a sudden it, it just it it slows down for me. I mean, like the main characters hardly speak. There are a lot right. of other like background characters that are that are speaking up a ton. But uh, but we hardly hear from the main characters at all. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and so what was your initial initial thought uh, well, from the start? Well, my initial, I'll, give, I'll tell you my initial thought, um, which occurred to me about maybe half an hour in and still stuck with me towards the end. And that'll also lead into a question I have for you uh, is this movie was hyped so goddamn much. I heard like so much on Facebook uh, from people I knew, uh, from critics, uh, all saying that this movie is uh, at its best a perfect movie, at its worst the perfect action movie. Um, and it was so refreshing and like everybody seemed to be in, in unanimous, uh, you know, decision to, to say that this movie is, uh, unlike anything that has come along in recent years and that George Miller is basically God now. (laughs) So about half an hour in the uh, the thought occurred to me, I'm not seeing a lot of perf that, that perfect. I fail. I'm failing to see what everybody else saw when they say that, like when they gush for this movie. And by the end, I was saying, this is a pretty good movie, but perfect. So did this live up, live up to the hype for you? Uh, I mean, I guess I, I took the hype with a grain of salt. Uh, so yes, it was not a perfect movie I mean, uh, by this, any means. This, it is. It, in that I say, like, I'm surprised that, you know, it's a very solid movie, but it, unlike Rotten Tomatoes, its rating has it above uh, such movies that we consider masterpieces, and I am confused at that. So I would say, as far as uh, cinematography and makeup and uh, all, all the the actual movie parts, visual effects. Uh, it was it was all very well done. Uh, it was creative, um, but for for me, the story made it not a ten out of ten. Meaning lack thereof, or something. Uh, for, for me, it was predictable uh, after yeah. the first half hour. I mean, the first half hour that's about as solid as you're gonna get in any action movie. I'll I'll give it that. That first half hour, uh, but then the, then the rest, uh, 
the story at least seemed formulaic. Yeah, it had a couple small twists in there. Uh, overall, yes, I agree. It was very uh, not not so surprising, pretty predictable uh, in where it was going. Uh, the smaller twist that I did see is that how they treated uh, certain uh, certain characters' deaths, for instance. Um, uh, one are are the deaths, and two was the romance or lack thereof. And so, what I mean by that are the people that you would normally, when you sit down and watch a movie now, when you expect formula, you can normally peg out the cliched characters that you know are going to survive. And you can usually identify the fodder, the characters that, oh, that guy is totally dying. Uh, and nine times out of ten nowadays, you'd usually be right. But uh, these some of these characters, uh, it really surprised me when some of these characters uh, on the, in this movie were killed. And in ways that, uh, like, I actually did not see that coming. Like, that, I I give that movie props. It's not over-glorified or anything like that. Uh, they died just like anybody else in this movie. And so that's that's one of the, the small twists in it that I did like. And the other one was, uh, from the very beginning, before I even saw it, before I pressed play, I just said, God help me, please do not let there be a romance between Mad Max and Furiosa. Do not go there. And it well, never did. Kill switches. I set the sequence myself. This rig goes nowhere without me. You can get it. Not without them. So we wait. You're relying on the gratitude of a very bad man. You've already damaged one of his wives. How grateful do you think he's going to be? You're sitting on 2,000 horsepower of nitro-boosted war machine. I'd say you got about a five-minute head start. You want that thing off your face? If you saw the other ones, you weren't expecting it. You weren't expecting what? The the hookup? The, the, right. Well, well, maybe, but... The, even if I saw the other ones, those were movies made back then. Nowadays, uh, it just seems to be par for the course for there to be some sort of love interest in in the movie. Even Jurassic World, which I watched you know, weeks ago, I, I was saying, please, for the love of God, like these characters have hated each other throughout the entire movie. Uh, and you know they have no reason to get together. By the end, boom, they just are paired. All of a sudden, they have affection for one another. And that's, it yeah. just seems so, so forced. Uh do you feel like uh, instead of a love interest, they they did something else instead? Um, either the hero's, you know, affection towards something else. I don't know. I'm throwing it out there. <laughs> uh, I think that for once they treated, and I'm, I'm being very careful. We're not going to go into uh, how people for better or for worse, uh, have either praised or criticized this movie for its portrayal of women or anything like that. I, I don't think that's, that's something that we need to talk about. I don't think that's something that ever needs to be really talked about because uh, there's nothing to be drawn attention to it. The movie treated both of these both of these characters not as uh, you know gender-identified love items. They're just main characters on, on you know, their own paths. And they happen to not have sex with each other. <laughs> so uh, they didn't treat Furiosa as a typical you know, woman character. That's great. Never thought of her as that throughout the entire movie. Just saw strong badass alongside Tom Hardy's strong badass. Done. And it, you know, the movie never uh, alluded to anything more than that. So that's just the, the most I'll talk about that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, you know, Throughout the entire uh, the entire thing, though, it was satisfying, but I didn't see masterpiece. I just saw a movie that set out to do something, you know, which was tell this story of this constant battle taking place during a chase. And I love chase movies, movies that revolve around one complete pursuit. And it was very solid. It kept me entertained, and it kept me, you know, uh, it, it I my. Eyes never wandered to my smartphone, and I was completely enthralled. And what's more, it had action that 
I could keep up with, that I was never confused about. And I think that's where we should segue into talking more about the technical aspects of the movie. Uh, unless, there's, unless there's anything more that you want to say about it. No, um, we're good. Because that's where I truly feel the movie is set apart from the rest. And it has been discussed about in in other blogs, other podcasts. But hey, you're listening to us, so we're going to talk about it in our way. And, and complete disclosure, I have not read anything about this from anybody well before uh and we are we are going to talk about the editing of this the post-production how the post-production lent it uh, uh you know allowed this movie to be a quote-unquote perfect movie but uh before i watched it i did read about a little bit about how it was shot and so editing does kind of begin with the cinematography uh, so uh how it was shot how george miller insisted on having a lot of these uh, the shots framed up, especially for the action-heavy scenes. Uh, he had a phrase that he kept on yelling to the, uh, to the camera operator and to the DP while, while they're filming. Uh, the crosshairs that you see on the monitor. He said, I want to see them, you know, put the crosshairs on her nose. Put, put them on Charlize Theron's nose. Put them on Tom, Hardy, Tom Hardy's nose. Meaning that he wanted everything to be center-framed. And... The reason for that being when you're cutting a lot of the action together, if uh, this, this you know, we've talked about this in the past, a good edit uh, usually takes into account where the viewer's eye is going to be. So you need to lead the, the viewer's eye to where you want them to, to look to be able to connect one shot to another. With all the action center framed, uh, your eyes don't stray. So you're able to take in this fast-paced action, this cut, 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 uh, without your eyes having to scan the frame looking for where you're supposed to be. Uh, and that kept the, uh, that meant the action was a lot more digestible. Did you notice that at all when you were watching it? Uh, now that you say it, it makes complete sense. And, uh, you know, it makes me think about watching any of the new Batmans. And when you're watching those action scenes, there's just there's so much going on. I feel like I missed little pieces here and there, little shots like, oh, was that a kick? Where was that? Like, oh, back to Batman, back to Joker, whatever it is. Um, and you're right. I did not feel that way with uh, Fury Road. Yeah. And I think that is what ultimately uh, turned people on to it because this may not have had exactly you know more action than other movies we've seen in the past decade but you're able to follow it it was much easier to follow so uh people didn't get lost they were able to enjoy it more so uh there are some articles that uh that i'm going to link to in the show notes for this episode if you want to go check out because i'll reference a couple other things that i've seen elsewhere a couple of other articles uh, of course, one of my favorite uh, uh, bloggers to to check out, uh, Vashti Nedomansky. Uh We've talked about his site before. He's got a killer site, Vashti Visuals. Uh, and he did, this is the article that I did read about uh, center framing all the shots. Uh, and he also, uh, he doesn't introduce, but he references a term that has been used to describe a lot of action movies in like the last like four or five decades uh, called Chaos Cinema. And that is uh, uh, cinema, not necessarily action, but uh, cinema that uh, that uh, basically uh, tries to utilize uh, some high energy cuts and and some techniques that would uh, it's believed to boost the energy and the you know the the feeling and the emotion of the scene. But ultimately, if it's not used if it's not used properly, and most of the time it's not it ends up just confounding and confusing the viewer. So instead of a nice, neat action scene in Fury Road that you're able to follow, you get something incomprehensible. And one of the most pop some of the popular examples are the Bourne series, the Bourne Identity Supremacy, uh, the Transformer movies, a lot of found footage mm -hmm. films, and personally, the worst that I've ever seen, uh, Gamer with Gerard Butler. It's just an orgy of sight and sound and it's very it, it it makes you very numb to the action by the end uh so it's uh so that you would call like a, a death metal song 
when Fury Road is more of a a classical composed piece? <laughs> uh I guess so, which you wouldn't really you wouldn't think that uh, with with the soundtrack and, and visuals that were used in Fury Road. Um, don't get me wrong, Fury Road is full of badassness. It's, yeah. it's testosterone at its highest, <laughs> but it 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 does uh, it delivers that better than uh, other movies have attempted to in the past. Hey Martin, if I get on the rig, there's a way inside. What is your name? It's Nox. I'll pike her in the spine. Keep her breathing for you. No! Put a bodyguard skull. Stop the rig. Return my treasures to me. And I myself will carry you to the gates of Valhalla. I'm high awaited. You will ride eternal, shiny and chrome. The first! Open the board! What did you think about the uh, guitar guy? Oh my god. Uh it, everybody I talk to like that uh, like that just it's it's the you have to love that that touch. It, it seems it so <laughs> it's so unique. <laughs> and yet it's kind of fourth wallish like okay, here is the soundtrack actually embedded in the movie you know there is actually a truck i get i get it's kind of uh it's i guess a little bit practical it's it's like the you know the beating of the war drum trying to you know boost the morale and energy of the men driving them into a rage okay i get it and it's also i bet you we can get away with putting this guy with a flame spitting guitar on the you know hanging by this thing on a tr- like i bet you we can get away with this and she they just- did cut back and forth between that guy and whiplash <laughs> yes yes exactly yeah it was uh yeah uh, somehow they got away with that and i laughed when i saw that but i thought that's just full of awesome i got I, you can't say anything about that just what what i loved about the movie was the uniqueness of all the different set pieces all the different cars all the different weapons, the the flame shooting guitar, um, just it was very unpredictable. That was unpredictable compared to the storyline. Um, so that that that's something that I liked. Now, do you believe that? Uh, yeah, there wasn't. You, you talk. You commented on this earlier. There wasn't a whole lot of dialogue, even when the dialogue started. Uh, you know, there were brief scenes of conversation, but especially when the action started going, it became uh you know very very little dialogue you know very rarely were characters actually yelling at each other uh to kind of spell out the action for the people for the audience so did you notice or did did you uh first of all did you notice that uh, during a lot of the action scenes there were uh, there was a lot of storytelling in the visuals there were less people commentating uh, about uh like in any other action movie, there would be a character, you know, uh, as the villain is closing in on them, somebody would yell, he's closing in on us, or they're coming around our left, or quick, do this. You know, there was none of that in this. Yeah, um, kind of the the, the shots uh, spoke for themselves. You know, yes, you saw you saw the, the villain coming up in the rearview mirror. Uh, you could see the danger. You could feel the danger. Uh, you didn't have somebody have to tell you that. Yeah, I dug that very much, um, and uh, so it it did it did a lot of heavy storytelling through the visuals. I really enjoyed it for that, and as well, this is kind of a little known fact, but George Miller uh, actually I don't know if he intended this, but he does intend. I think uh, this was supposed to be a bonus feature on the Blu-ray, you know, uh, Super Duper Edition or something like that, uh, but he kind of half-hearted intended for the movie to be black and white silent movie really yeah let that sink in for a little second so when this movie came out everybody said george miller is a genius and then he came out and said well actually i wanted this to be a black and white uh silent movie with just the music soundtrack and everybody went eh what (laughs) well they did have the black and white scene i guess it was not 
black and white um where they're in the the swamp oh no yeah that was just like heavily tinted but uh, yeah heavily tinted i mean yes du- it, duotone it's, yeah yes um but no he actually like he straight up wanted it uh black and white he wanted a version the director's cut to be black and white and silent uh, so I'm imagining by, by silent, like there would be the soundtrack, but you could, like I guess, if it, like old school style, the, uh, the the cards come in and and verbally, uh, you, and you can read on the screen what they're saying. I don't know how far he wanted to take it, but that's kind of how he intended it, uh, which lends itself to the whole uh, the whole idea that a lot of the action drives the story. So I'm not sure if I would enjoy that movie as much. Uh, uh, I don't think so either. Yeah. And partly because uh, in describing earlier, you know, chaos cinema, uh, the only reason that chaos cinema sometimes uh, does work, and I will argue that Born Supremacy especially, it has some real chaotic editing going on. But how uh, how it sells it is through sound. And so that's why I would not want to see Fury Road without the sound and uh, the sound and music of it, uh, because a lot of the sound really does connect the visuals together. And I, I agree. So when I watched it on the train, I had my, my earbuds in for two hours, which is awful. Ooh, earbuds. Um, <laughs> but um, it made, you know, you could hear every little thing that was going on Compared to, you know, if I was sitting at home watching on my TV, I don't have surround sound or anything, you know, just just the the audio coming at me. But instead, you know, plugged right into my ears, um, you know, every every little click and tink of uh, adjustment of, uh, of yeah. whatever's going on on screen. You know, I could hear it, you know, along mm-hmm. with the soundtrack and everything going on. So uh, that definitely helped. As well, there was something else I noticed from the very beginning. There was something strange about the the uh, the motion of the action uh, before the title card even came up, because it opens with Mad Max standing very anti-hero, like uh, you know, his back to us, and he kills a lizard, then he eats it while he's monologuing to himself, and then he quickly gets captured, and he gets uh, taken to. You know, villain home base where he's tattooed, he's branded, and he breaks out and he starts this this mini chase starts uh, where he's like trying to escape. He's going through the tunnels, he's jumping over cars and all this kind of stuff. The action seemed a little bit strange. Did you notice that movement, uh, especially in the, in the in the first opening? Um, I mean that was that was so long ago into the movie, <laughs> it it has not crossed my mind. Well, I'll tell you, it's good that you didn't notice it. Um. And I only noticed it so slightly, but uh, I did a lot of reading up on the technique of how this was cut together. Uh, George Miller utilizes a lot of uh, removing of frames to make the action, uh, when the action is supposed to be very panicked, very frenetic. Uh, so especially in the opening, when you know, he wanted you to feel that same panic that mad uh, that bleh, that mad that Max is feeling when he's trying to escape. And so uh, if you do look very closely, a lot of the action, it kind of looks a little bit sped up. That's what it will look like. Uh, But I love doing this myself, which is I was glad to hear this is what he did. Uh, I love uh, removing very surgically a frame, maybe two here and there at key points to make it not so noticeable. But it speeds up the action a little bit. And uh, first it can sell certain stunts so if you have an actor punching another actor if you remove a slight frame here and there it actually looks more like he's hitting him but in this case it's a stylistic choice to make it seem more uh edge of your seat panicky so Hmm. and i've I've never thought about doing that that way uh i i cut you know corporate promo video whatever um over the summer (laughs) and uh i did I did something similar, but 
that was just to chop up emotion that was going on. They were they were throwing stuff up in the air, and and it made it it, it worked. It made it look cool. Made it look different. Um, but I I did not. I I kept the the time the same. So I kind of repeated frames mm. instead of subtracting. Mm-hmm. But 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 skipping frames when I repeated, if that makes any sense. So, so what like frame one one three three five five seven seven. Right, right. And what effect yeah. what effect were you going for for that? So it it it, it made the movement choppy. So ah. and it works. And that's what that's what I wanted to do. Um and you know, the color filter and you know, threw a bunch of other, you know, stars and whatnot on there and, and it did its job. Um but maybe next time corporate promo when I'm a car chase uh i'll try this uh speed up thing cutting frames out that that's actually pretty cool i didn't know that yeah try it out i love using that all over the place not uh, you know not to a point where it becomes uh where it becomes uh too excessive or people notice it but i just love it just to, you know a little bit uh when i need to uh when i need to you know sell the effect of a certain stunt of a certain action or when i want something to kind of stand out as a little bit more uh a little bit more panicked uh so it can be very very handy and i was overjoyed i always thought it was kind of a uh, like a low budget trick and so kind of frowned upon until i once worked under a uh, an editor who i thought uh you know he's got way more experience than i do and i've uh I saw him take one of my scenes that I edited and uh, and he quote unquote tweaked it, came back to me, showed it and said, you know, do you see what I've what I've done here? And I said, yeah, that's way better. What did you do? And he said, well, I did this. I did that. And I also removed a, a couple of frames here and there. And I thought, oh, cool. So that's a that's OK. That's fantastic. So, you know, you should if it works, it works. Um, I'll also point out another little bit of trivia about this movie and it. Try not again to go back to, to the whole feminism pro woman thing. As much as I, I I love how you know uh, they they've done a refreshing take on uh, portrayal of women and stuff like that. Um, there's another big uh, thumbs up that, that this movie has gotten uh, in a strange way. Uh, the editor, do you know who actually edited this movie? Uh, George Miller's wife. Exactly. <laughs> yes, and and I'm sorry, I should have said her name, but I do not know it. Um, uh, Margaret Sixel. Her name is Mar yes. Margaret Sixel is is her name, and yeah, it started to get again. I don't get the whole. I I oh, I like that a woman edited it. I like how you know you know gender differences shouldn't have any more. Like I I you know let's be progressive. Great, uh, but I started finding some articles that actually had the title stop the presses like a woman edited an action movie oh like oh like we're still celebrating it so we're still kind of pointing it out as strange it's not strange she did a killer job but yes she did yeah and but uh, but miller <laughs> said that uh, i i need my wife to be editing this movie uh and uh, because he he said uh, oh how do you how do you put it it was something about uh, having that closeness, how the editor, you know, uh, intimately knew him. So it uh, it became a, a stronger work relationship uh, rather than working with a stranger. Uh, and talk about work-life balance. Exactly. I, and I often, I've often wondered about that. Like, you know, couples who do have that, you know, uh, you know, one's the director, one's the writer, or one's a director, one's a DOP, or director and editor. Uh, you know, one ultimately has to be kind of the boss of the other. How does that work? And I, I so, can't uh, really imagine that. My wife, part of what she does for a living, she is uh, a producer for internal uh, videos at her company. Uh, that's a, a, a small part of her job. But she knows how to do it, and she does a, a damn good job. However, I will never work for her. Uh, it just doesn't work. Nope. Nope. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, anyways, I think she did a, uh, I think Margaret Sixel did a phenomenal job. And uh, ultimately, it was George Miller's vision, but uh, she ultimately has to do the job of cutting it. And yeah, I think that uh, how they shot it, how they cut it together, uh, makes it a very solid action movie in a way 
that it uh, has a lot of points up on it than you know uh, some other action movies to date. And I think there's a lot to be learned from it. Not even going into the whole practical effects over CGI, which was you know again a lot of people hailed ah this actually cars running into cars it's great and actually stuntmen hanging off of these poles that are dipping you know this way and that off of the uh, you know jumping from car to car that was full of awesomeness as well but uh, uh, yeah it was refreshing it was great um, uh, you know perfect masterpiece these may not be words that I would use to describe it I just think that they did. Uh, uh, a lot of things well, and I'm not sure what you can credit that to. Is it because George Miller is a bit more of an old school uh, filmmaker, and he was utilizing a lot of these techniques that some filmmakers don't use so much anymore, like practical effects, like knowing how to shoot and edit and lead the audience's eye? Uh, that's what I would credit it with. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I would love to see more uh, more action movies take a cue from this and uh, actually, you know, try to think about these these so-called old school techniques uh, and what they do for the audience, rather than stick to some of the uh, more popular styles right now, like chaos cinema, like uh, you know, trying to confuse the editor sorry confuse the viewer which is not what they're trying to do but ultimately that's that's what they're doing you know let's hide what uh, you know the, the flaws of uh, this movie by making it compre incomprehensible for the viewer hey you need to take the war rig off a click down the track what if you're not back by the time the engines are cooled well you keep moving all right, favorite scene, favorite shot, or, or or something. Give me your favorite something. Well, I would say I'm a, I'm a little biased because I did hear from a lot of people the first uh, when the first going through the canyon uh, sequence because they do go through the canyon twice. They go forward, then they go back. Spoiler, but uh, when they first go through the canyon, that got uh, a lot of. Uh, a lot of praise for that scene, and it did uh, that did you know kind of strike me as a really really strong scene. Uh, however, for me, it was the finale, it was the climax scene because there's a lot happening in that last action scene that you're still able to follow. You know, these characters are over here; they're fighting these people. These characters over there. The villain is coming up the rear in his vehicle. There's an opera of action going on. And you're able to follow it all. So, yeah, that was definitely, definitely the strongest for me. That gets my, my cheers. How about you? Mm, the sandstorm. That was so cool. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was on par with Interstellar. Uh, spoiler, Interstellar spoiler coming up. The Interstellar uh, ocean uh, wave. Right. I'd forgotten about that. Uh, I'd say it's on par with that. And um, um, spoiler for um, the movie with the dreams, <laughs> the, where they go down levels. Oh, Inception. Leonardo DiCaprio. Inception, yeah. yes. Okay. Um, and in Inception spoiler, uh, when the city folds on itself. Oh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I would say that, that the sandstorm scene is on par with those two as some of my favorite uh, um you know, visual effects uh, that I've ever seen. She thinks she can lose us, Dad! She thinks we're stupid! She thinks she can lose us in the air! And you know what? That actually brings up a good point. Not one, I, I rarely, I haven't heard very much negative criticism about this movie at all. But strangely enough, I haven't heard anything really negative about that sandstorm sequence because that was a heavily CGI scene. Because of course, how are you going to practically shoot that? Uh, there's a you know absolute giant mammoth sandstorm with 
like these nuclear tornadoes within it and lightning storms and you know picking up cars and blasting them to smithereens and i haven't heard from one person that uh you know that was even like the weakest part of the movie because it was cgi and you could tell it was fake which is usually what you hear when you see a heavily cgi action scene so i no, it was incredible yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i know it was uh yeah, I just wish I could. I wish I could tell what goes on in the mind of people, minds of people when they say like, "Oh, that was that was CGI. That was so fake." Because this apparently didn't look fake. I know it was awesome. It looked amazing, and yeah, uh, and it capped off the first big action scene in the movie too. Yep, and then then like you're going at a hundred miles an hour, and then it just slams on the brakes for about five minutes. <laughs> and after that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, Aside from that, the other strong points, of course, soundtrack. Uh, this was, you know, I, I, this is going on my gym, uh, my gym playlist because that, that was just drum stomping, guitar smashing, flame throwing, you know, heavy metal madness. And uh, yeah. <laughs> um, did you see who who did the the soundtrack? Oh, I saw the name. It wasn't anybody I recognized. Why? Um, music composer. Um, no, I was just curious. Oh no, it was some obscure, uh, an obscure name to me. I'm sure that we've got some Tom Holkenberg. Uh, yeah, AKA he's he's got Junkie another name. Junkie XL. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know what else uh, Junkie XL has done, but um, this one he did a great job. Yeah, yeah. So here's a big question. If we were to see a sequel, because God knows we're going to see a sequel, uh, you know, this this had a huge splash. It made a lot of money. Uh, didn't quite, it didn't reach number one at the box office, strangely enough, but uh, had such a great response. Of course, we're going to see another movie. Uh, first of all, do you think it, it warrants another one? Um, Maybe not with this, uh, with Tom Hardy as Mad Max. Yes, maybe not everybody else, because I think that storyline is done. Because I know that I, th- I th- there are murmurs that there is another one uh, in the works, and I think for a time it was about Tom Hardy's character of Max, and uh, but I think the studio is probably going to tr- predictably going to try and cash in on the on Team Furiosa and call it. Mad Max Furiosa and follow her, so almost mm-hmm. could be even a spinoff where you know we say goodbye to Max and then we pick up on her. But I agree. I think her story's done. You did her great. You, you did a great job. Just leave it alone, and go find yep. something else. You know, continue with with Max. But then I also think, you know, it sounds like this. You know, this was still the same story of most Mad Max movies. So it is kind of repetitive. So are they going to do something different? Or will they just stick with this idea that, you know, Max just wanders the earth and he comes across a group of people that he doesn't want to save, but then ends up saving them. And, you know, it, this this it, in a way, this was very cookie cutter in uh, to a lot of the other Mad Max movies. But apparently it still wins. So will they even change it? Hmm. Time will tell. So um, mm-hmm. I guess listeners... Did you enjoy this episode, and did you enjoy us reviewing a movie? Because uh, if so, I think Nick and I want to do this some more. I think so, and uh, I think that we do want to focus on movies that do excel, obviously, in the uh, that stand out, anyways, in the post-production side of things, because I do enjoy talking about specifically the editing style and how the movies were constructed in the post-production process. Uh, meanwhile, just touching on how the movie was, you know, story-wise, character-wise. Uh, but uh, yeah, I in, I obviously really enjoyed talking about movies, and uh, I think you do too. So yeah, listeners, if you enjoyed this, what should we talk about next? I have an idea. I have other movie ideas that we should talk about, but we would love to hear from you. How can we hear from you? Well, it's very simple. Uh, you can do it by tweeting us at command edit on the Twitterverse or by emailing us at command edit podcast at gmail.com. 
And if you have enjoyed this episode, then please express your love uh, by doing uh, leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps the podcast so much. It helps us, uh, first of all, boost our self-esteem. <laughs> we will hear from you, and uh, we know that we're doing a good job. Uh, and also it helps with the podcast searchability. So it helps other people f- uh, with uh, like-minded interests to find uh, the podcast and listen as well. So it takes you maybe three minutes to do. Uh, and we would really appreciate it and love you forever. And of course, we will read your review live on air. Um, and just so you guys know, uh, we, you know, we've we've been at this since April and uh, we've seen steady growth each month. And Nick and I, we're, we're having a great time doing this and we're not going anywhere. So you can you can get invested with us. Um, we, we will. We would love you to to love us for a long time. <laughs> yes, and this is uh, yeah. I, I've enjoyed following the progress of this podcast very much. This has become a very fun thing for uh, for me to do, and it's a great. Uh, th- I, you know, I love chatting with you, Josh. And I love uh, our listeners who've been interacting with us, and I love uh, I've loved you know seeing the uh, uh, you know our listeners growing and growing every single day. So thank you, listeners. Uh, this is you know it's great to have you here and listening to us and sharing us with your fellow post-production loving folk as well uh and uh yeah we will continue for sure so and speaking of listeners uh next episode i have a huge 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 shout out to one of you uh so so pay attention for that next week huge yes huge (laughs) awesome awesome well that closes out our episode on mad max fury road fury editing uh and uh, if you guys want to subscribe to us, it's very easy. Head on over to iTunes, click subscribe. Or if you listen to Stitcher, which apparently a lot of our listeners do, then you can very easily follow us on that. We've got a Stitcher player embedded on our site. So you just go ahead, click play and listen to us in the background as you work. It's very easy. Uh, so thank you very much. Uh, this has been great. And uh, I hope that uh, you guys will give us some suggestions on what to watch for uh, our next movie episode. Until next time, I'm Nick. And I'm Josh. See you guys next time. Oh, what a day. What a lovely day.